is the 200 level episode 156 as of yet untitled because we have a whole half of basketball left to go unfortunately after a really ugly first 16 i'll even say first 18 minutes illinois with a nice closing stretch to take a 10 point lead 33 to 23 behind some great shooting from demonte io with i guess a quiet 12 points and Kofi doing some things as well. Overall, not too bad for having been off a week. We're going to get into the second half here in just a minute. But before we bring on Trevor Valise and Isaac Ambrose, I want to remind you the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 Cal Zones, $6 premium in construction zones, and they deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana. So you can stay inside when the snow starts falling again overnight. Let DP Doe bring you a piping hot calzone to your door. That's dpdoe.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian and his staff will help you with whatever your insurance needs may be. We experienced that moving in the new house. Cannot recommend Brian and his staff enough. That is brianismyguy.com. And finally, 4th and Kirby online at 4th for vintage inspired Alani apparel. Crew neck sweatshirts, t-shirts, get your new lucky shirt. Isaac, I know you got a new lucky t-shirt. You got the what the flying Illini 89 t-shirt, right? Yeah, so for Christmas, Christmas morning, I Santa Claus, aka my parents, surprised me with the fourth and Kirby shirt. Yeah, on the back, the back's probably my favorite part. It just says flight and then it says number 89. So very soft, fits me perfect. Um, yeah, so go check out 4th and Kirby. Yeah, high-quality stuff at 4th and Kirby.com. And then uh, that's it for the sponsors. Of course, Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Okay, so guys, here's what we got. One half into it, and it was, I think, kind of predictably ugly because Illinois had been off for seven days. I I wish that this week of all weeks there would have been a game midweek, but it sounds as if, according to Brad Underwood, they welcomed the time off because they were a little bit a little bit tired after the stretch that they had in December. So let's just start with kind of opening thoughts here before the second half gets underway. Trevor, as that first half unfolded, was there any moment that you were concerned about the way Illinois was playing or kind of like me, were you chalking it up more to, uh, I guess, rust? Well, first of all, you're going to want to ask Isaac for the more uh, micro details of the first half as I was not watching most of it. But uh, it was interesting in the sense that I think it, it, it almost felt like Am I right in saying that this game against Purdue at home was basically almost the same date last year because it was right mm-hmm. after the Red Box Bowl that they played Purdue at home? And that was another game where I think Purdue finished with 37 points. So for a while there, it looked like that was trending in the same direction. It's just that the rims were n- none too friendlier to Illinois either. Um, I'm not really concerned. I got to be honest with you. You had two 10 0 runs amidst that first half, and it just feels like if push comes to shove, Illinois is going to get it done even if it is, ends up being closer than, than than you might hope. Yeah, I, I feel that way too, where if push does come to shove here in the second half, and hopefully it doesn't. But if it did, and it really comes down to it, I think Illinois is just a much better team than Purdue. And uh, Isaac, to that point, as we saw those 10 nothing stretches, and, and we'll get into this before the second half gets underway. You know I've been harping on Andre Curbelo starting, and I think he's a plus 15 for the first half. That's an imperfect stat, right? We It doesn't always tell you everything that you need to know, but the eye test alone tells us that this is a much better team when he's out there. I know he can't play 40 minutes. My argument, Isaac, as we talked in the text thread about slow starts, my argument would be the first four minutes of each half are the most important. Why would you not have your best five out there? It's definitely an argument, I think, for 
the people that are saying, no, just keep bringing him off the bench. He brings so much excitement off the bench. Which because, he does. Yeah, he does. And But like you're saying, for instance, at Penn State, instead of going down 19-4, to four, it'd be nice to be up 19-4 to four on them and be plus 15 like Curbelo is this game. So, But I also see the argument for having a spark off the bench. It goes both ways. Miller has just really been struggling, and you wonder why not. Just try to bring him off the bench a couple games and see if his three-point shot is falling. But the slow starts are still frustrating to me, and I know we had a week off, but Purdue wasn't really making much of anything, and you were really struggling to make some easy ones at the beginning. And even your defense, you still had a few mishaps. So... Not complaining. Obviously, you're up 10 at halftime against a Big Ten team. I'm happy. I'm really happy. And what I was saying to you before we started recording, Carp, is one big difference about this team versus teams in the past is teams in the past, you would have slow starts and it would kind of just continue. And it would be hard to watch because every bucket felt like you were clawing it out. Yeah. And with this team, you have a slow start and you're like, well, I mean, Io can easily go on a 10-0 run by himself. DeMonte is probably going to hit two threes like he's already reached so far. And Kofi's, my other takeaway from the first half, Kofi's offensive game has just really gotten night and day better, honestly, since even the beginning of the season. Because a few games at the beginning of the season, he was making right-handed layups look really hard. And now it's not perfect. He still airballed the hook shot, but he looks so much more comfortable around the paint. And he has that drop step and some go-to post moves. So that's really encouraging. Absolutely. We're about to start the second half here, guys. So we're all going to get to a point where we'll unpause at the same time as Purdue inbounds the ball. So we'll get we'll hit the play button in about 10 seconds. Isaac, are you at that point yet where they're about to inbound? Yes. Okay, cool. You guys ready to go in three, two, one? And we're all timed up here for the second half. So Purdue gets the ball first. And we'll do a little bit of play-by-play, mix it in with your guys' micro and macro thoughts. So Purdue, again, trailing by 10 here, 19.50 to go. And here's your starting five for this half as well as Purdue makes a three. It's the same starting five as you have in the first half for Illinois, so no changes there. Stefanovic, what a haircut. It's it's weird that this guy has... Is that a receding hairline at age 20? I mean... I don't know. I should make fun of the guys here. No, nothing was worse than um, Evan Boudreaux last year oh who looked like God. he was a <laughs> 45-year-old accountant. Uh, I.O. Matthias guy, too, before that. And he also had um, – he was on the For Hims uh, Brian Urlacher commercials, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, it looked like it. Okay, so here we go. I.O. misses it. Coburn. I about said, guys, because we'd had a text conversation about how you would actually pronounce Kofi's last name. So I about did it how we thought it was going to be a couple years ago. But Kofi is going to the line to shoot two here. He was fouled on the shot. So let's see if he can I start just, converting into the line. His 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 name is Cockburn. Like I, it has to be. he said it. He said it like fifteen times. I've never heard of a silent ch in a name. Like it just. I don't know. If, if, if there's ever it. definitive proof that they literally changed the kid's name because they were afraid of inappropriate sex jokes and I will be mad online. How how beautiful would it be if Kofi somehow stays till his senior year and you get that Grady Dick kid and you have Grady <laughs> Dick and Kofi Coburn on the court at the same time? <laughs> it's funny how the instant we heard about Kofi on the show. So this is, oh man, nice start here for Purdue and an oh inexplicable foul from Adam Miller who is just not good right now. 
And can we just, can, let's start with that. But we'll get back to the funny names in a bit. We'll take the first ad coming up. And by the way, there's another game we're going to play today, guys. We're doing deep cut Illini players of the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. There were a lot of names that I just straight up forgotten about. And there's one in particular that I, I had completely wiped from my memory. So I, I'll see if you guys remember him at all. But here we got a three-point play for Purdue. It is now a four-point lead. And yet again, a slow start. And I know we can't really put this on. Well, actually, no, we kind of can't put it on Adam Miller. He just gave up a three-point play. So, yes, we can't put it on the fact that Corbello should be out there, not Adam Miller, who misses a three. And now Purdue has the ball to bring it within a one-possession game. It kind of pisses me off, guys. This is getting cute. It's getting cute when you know what the answer is. Trevor, talk me off a ledge here about the starting five thing. Well, Two-point game. I'm with you. As he gives up another layup. As Miller gives up another freaking layup, and we don't see Corbello get off the bench yet. What are we doing here? That's an 8-0 run for a garbage Purdue team. Sorry, Trevor. And I I definitely understand the we want the spark off the bench in an Andres Feliz type of way, but at the same time, it's such a um, hypothetically drawn-out argument, right? Like, it's sort of like, remember when <laughs> they beat Northwestern in overtime and they thought, oh, you're, you're going to have a, a five-day run of the Big Ten tournament and Tyler Underwood and one of the managers was playing a lot in that game. And some people's defense of that was, well, I mean, if, you, you know, if you're going to go five days, you got to keep them resting. <laughs> and it's like it's such a drawn-out, yeah, you know, it's like yeah. saying, you know, well, you got to have your spark off the bench so that when you're down eight, Corbello can come in and then you're no longer down eight. It's like, yeah, but you could also just start him and not be down eight. Can I give you an analogy with music? And Kofi's first free throw is up, and it is no good. So he is 0 for 3 from the line. That's another problem. And I know, listen, this is all just, we're getting a blitz of crap right now. And I think it'll be fine, but this is an awful start to the second half. But here's a music analogy for you. As you go see a band that you like in concert, and the first five songs of the night are crap. And then the rest of the show is pretty good. But if you lose that momentum from the start... It's difficult to get that energy up. It's difficult to be as invested in it as you would have been if they had just started off with good songs in the first place. So I know that's apples and oranges, but from a basketball perspective here, it just seems like the first four minutes of the second half, screw the first half. I'll, I'll compromise with Brad Underwood. Start Corbello in the second half, as now we have an and one and Purdue can take the lead. This is a joke. I'm pissed off, Isaac. That's all I got to say about it right now. I, I feel pretty dumb at this point because it's kind of like the fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on uh me fool or whatever the michael scott is thing about strike three because for some reason i was feeling pretty confident before the game and then obviously at halftime and i was not worried as we were saying before the podcast and again i'm not super worried but now you are tied while you were being while you were up 10 against purdue as you just give them the ball right back. So nothing is clicking. I don't know what happened at halftime, um, but this is pretty frustrating. We need another 10-0 run, I think, to get me get me off the ledge. Well, and here's the thing. Winning the game, that's all that matters, and it's early enough in the season where a lot of these things can be corrected. I did not anticipate that Purdue, if you go back to that three they made going into halftime, this is a 13-0 run yeah. on the heels of your own 10-0 run. So, you know, listen... These things are going to happen, and I get, Trevor, that we're going to have these hiccups along the way. But eventually, I would like to see this team put a full 40 minutes together to tell me that when we get to late January, they can do that when they play Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, 
Michigan State by then will probably be decent, at least. I, I just need to know in these next three weeks in this eight-game stretch that we talked about after losing to Rutgers, that by the end of the eight-game stretch, they'll figure out how to play 40 minutes. And so far, everything is in fits and starts. And it, it gets a little bit... Uh, I don't know. It turns what should be an easy viewing experience on a Saturday evening into something a lot more intense, I guess. No, that's totally fair. I, I don't, I think it's, it's very fair to say that they have, have not, um, the death star is not fully operational by any means. <laughs> that's, right now that is way. actually I mean, a good comp right there. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, it's okay. If you're getting like, to your point, if you're getting wins and eventually you figure it out, I'm not going to be like, well, they only played 80% of their game and only won by five. I'm mad. But at the same time, if you do keep in context the expectations for this team, I think it's very fair to say that they're not playing up to them right now. Yeah, and that's what's weird, is that when they do, we see the team that matched that lofty expectation we had for them early in the season. Now, I think it's okay to recalibrate, and I've done that, and it is a kind of wait-and-see approach. Not a wait-and-see, is this going to be a good team? This is a good team. But a wait and see, will this team finally put everything together? And this month, I think, is really crucial for that. And just, you know, a sluggish start, both halves. Eventually, I, I do have to question Underwood, as now we have a two-point lead for Purdue. That is a 15 nothing run dating back to the first half. I, I got to question Underwood. And people could listen to this, and this is what gets frustrating, oh too. My. Oh, no. Andre Crabello with, oh, no, this is a moving screen on Georgie. Right, I'll pause it for a sec. No, you're, okay, you're good. We're at 17.03, so it's a 35-33 lead, and I think Underwood's taking a timeout, or no? Looked like it for a second there. Jacob Grandison has not played tonight. Have you guys noticed that? Or have I missed when he was out there? I no, saw Coleman, Coleman, Coleman got out there, but not Grandison. Huh. BBB, BBV is active. Probably. Yeah, yeah. That, that's great, and Who I think <laughs> it won't it won't matter tonight. It might not. I don't think it's going to matter this season. The Hutcherson thing will be, we won't know until we see Hutcherson next year if that was a big loss for this team. But there is something to be said that when you get outside, well, let's keep it simple first. Adam Miller is bad right now. I am worried about that. Eventually, until he has a good game against a Big Ten team, he's kind of hurting you. I, I, I don't know when. When is it okay, Trevor, to start having that conversation about, uh oh, or you know, eventually a slump just gets long enough where you worry kind yeah. of about how good is this guy right now? Well, and it's the same thing with Trent, right? Where it's like, I know he hit a few threes, and I think it was the Duke game, but I mean, if if I went, if I sat there for half an hour and went through the numbers, I mean, he has been a well below average offensive player for like upwards of a calendar year now yeah and so it's like do you just accept that that's what he is now because that's i mean he's great on the defensive end but again similar thing with adam where it's like he you know he, he came out and it's sort of like when when a when a pitcher or a player starts out the baseball season hot their average is 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 artificially high for so long or their era is artificially low for so long because of that great start so you see adam come out and he hits like six threes against Chicago State, and you're like, holy cow, this kid's a sharpshooter. And then he basically hasn't hit more than like one three a game ever since then, except for the uh, start of that Duke game. And so for some reason in your head, you've still got the bias of the original thing that you saw. So you're going, why isn't he hitting more? And it's like, well, actually, the, the sample size is much larger to suggest that he doesn't hit that many a game. But for some reason, our our predisposed thought of him is that he does. And so 
I think it's fair to sit and sort of reevaluate his expectations and what you're asking for from him. Yeah, here's Trent's offensive numbers. And again, we know the given is that he's disruptive on defense. That's great. But he is a senior. And he's a senior shoot. Well, I guess he runs point, but he's a senior guard that his freshman year was averaging 12 and a half points a game. Sophomore year, 13.7 points per game. And now he's at 9.1 last year and nine points this year. Those things don't need to be exclusive from one another. Just because he's more of a defensive impact than he was early doesn't mean that his offense in his senior year should be this on and off. And that's really it, Trevor. 19 points at Rutgers. That's great. Seven points at Penn State. Four points against Indiana. Zero points tonight. With three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, and two steals. And that's that's fine that he's helping out in other ways, but I don't need him to be a role player. You know, it, it, you, if he's a role player, you're fine at this 15th ranking, top four in the Big Ten making the tournament, right? You're, you're going to sail right yep. to that even if he's a role player. But if he's not more than that, it's going to be difficult to reach that ceiling because eventually some other guys got to pick up the slack as Purdue now takes a four-point lead. And Isaac, I, I didn't anticipate, I don't think anyone did, the start to the first half. Crabella was in there now to hopefully stop the bleeding, but it goes beyond just Adam Miller starting over Crabella. So I was just watching the game, you know, relaxed, 10-point lead, now uh, 17-0 run, and you're not feeling too good. Nothing seems to be going right at all. And you just need that spark. I'm just so sick of I know the slow starts, but think about how many games – you've been screwed because you had a few minutes of bad basketball. And luckily, you've played well in the other minutes, and some of the teams you played haven't been that good. The Penn State game, you started terribly. You were able to win. The uh, Indiana game, for most of it, you didn't play that well, but they weren't that good. The Baylor game, for instance, you had, what, four bad minutes, and you got ran off the court. So why do we have to have so many small stretches of bad basketball? And when they do happen they seem really bad it's not like we're just missing shots like we can't do anything right yeah and here's the thing you know kind of to what i was saying a minute ago is this team they're still good they're fine you know but like if you ask me why why does this sting or why is this disappointing sure you know number five ranking winning at duke i think we were all at that moment feeling our oats right And then the Missouri game happened. And then I think since that moment and since the Rutgers game, we have probably had fair expectations for this team. But this is, this is different. This is not Rutgers, who, by the way, probably should have won today, but Iowa just, Luca Garza is incredible. Missouri, looking great. Big road win against Arkansas to come back from that loss at home against Tennessee. And then Baylor, no shame in that. Purdue Purdue stinks in in this Big Ten. If you're going to win a Big Ten title... This is a game that you cannot afford to lose. Losing at Minnesota for like an Iowa, that ain't probably going to look great by the end of the season, but that's not a home loss. And as Sean Harrington often harps on, and I'm, I'm with him on this, that plus minus thing, you got to hold serve at home and you got to get some road wins. You lose one at home, then all of a sudden, I can't expect this team the way they're playing to go on the road and make up for a home loss to Purdue if we're going to even talk about Big Ten title kind of stuff. Which, you know, I, I, I told you guys after the Rutgers game I wouldn't do until after this eight-game stretch. I've totally reneged on that. So I guess that's just what fans do. Uh, real quick, as we got a commercial break here, it's 37-33, 15-51 to go in this half. This game was going quick, and now it seems to have kind of slowed with snail's pace. Maybe that's just because Purdue has been on a, what would that be, 14-17-nothing uh, run. Is, th- is that right, Trevor? 
Yep. Good it God. was 33 to 20. I was waiting for you to, to ask me to talk you off the ledge because I was going to say I, I got nothing for you here. <laughs> well, <laughs> This would not be good. Well, here's the thing, right? They can win this game. I don't think the 20-point win, which I was kind of feeling at halftime, I, I thought that's where this was trending because Purdue's just not that good. That probably is not in the cards. So what you're left with is if you do get a win, yes, that's all that matters, but you're still in that position, Trevor, where you know you go to a game next Thursday at Northwestern. And we'd be probably, yeah. we'd be nervous about that anyway, right? But I think that it's all the more heightened when you still have yet to see that consistency. And then you look at a Northwestern team, which I know that their ceiling isn't that high, but if they've been one thing, it's been consistent. They got an identity and they tend to just do their thing for most of the 40 minutes of any game. Yeah, they're almost the opposite of Illinois in terms of, it seems like lately the frustration has been Illinois is so high risk, high reward, great stretches, bad stretches. I would argue Northwestern is the antithesis of that to where I don't think they're ever going to come out and throw a bunch of alley-oops and then win a game by 20 at Duke and be on Center. But I also don't think, it doesn't look like at least, they're going to come out many times and just get blown out of the gym. So it, that is an interesting game. I'm curious to see uh, Northwestern and Michigan tomorrow. That's another road game. For Northwestern after that Iowa game. I'm curious to see what happens there. But I would not be looking past that game by any means. Oh, absolutely not. Okay, so now we have a six-point Purdue lead. 19-0 scoring run by this Purdue team. That's abysmal. That's crap. And That's really bad. That's I mean, really, that's, really that's, bad. It just is. Here's DeMonte with a three. It is good. This, Purdue scored 37 on you last year in Champaign. Well, and they were the trend, they were trending that way again. You know what I mean? A 37, but somewhere in the yeah. 40s. It looked, it kind of felt, guys, like the Minnesota game from a few weeks ago, where the defense wasn't consistent in that game. Minnesota hit some shots early, but Illinois' defensive pressure was good throughout. We got a three-point game. Demonte hit another three because Demonte's the man. Thank goodness That's for him. Just crazy. <laughs> I, I know we've harped on it before, but sometime when I have legitimately two hours of time. I want to look at every single box score and look at how DeMonte literally went from not scoring a point for a month to hitting two to three threes a game every single game. Since. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, okay, so we have the fifth foul called six foul on Illinois in the first five minutes. Three fouls on I, Purdue. It's a hard, it's a hard seemed, product to watch college basketball. It seemed sometimes. like that was going to happen, though, because I, I noted to myself in the first half as I was kind of tracking it, I think the fouls were like, Six to one Purdue halfway yeah. through the half. And I thought, oh boy. Well, in the second half, you know they're gonna swap that. Trent for three. Up. It is good. We have a tie game. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's some kind of mental component. I don't know if you guys feel this too, that if you just merely get back to a tie game, it's like a weight off your shoulder. There's fourteen thirty to go. That sounds probably ridiculous, but it just feels better than even being down one. Is that weird? Yeah. Oh, it is you. right a little bit. Uh, okay, so here we go. Purdue with the ball, 14-20 to go. We have an offensive foul on Purdue, and the fouls are piling up on both teams. That's their fourth. Sixth, six on Illinois so far, and ugh, goodness gracious. I hate how this happens with the fouls. I mean, I, I know I just mentioned it, but it just seems like anytime there is a half in a game where there aren't many fouls called, it's like the officials go in there and look at it, and they're like, oh, crap, we got to call a bunch of fouls in the second half. Like, they no, have to you meet don't. their quota. They're like police officers. They got to meet their quota by the end of the game. Hey, you know what? 
Now, we talked about a conspiracy theory. Trevor, you may not have been on this. There's two things real quick. A conspiracy theory when Andrew was on about how the widespread use of gambling that, I mean, how is that not going to affect college sports in some way, shape, or form? Even the officiating. We're, we're just planting that seed that as you watch these games and the foul numbers get a little bit tricky and they stay relatively close based on the spread, Adam Miller misses a three absolutely terribly. It's, what's, the, what's the point? Um, but here's another thing too. When I was watching the Iowa Rutgers game, I got to give, I, 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 I love watching, I got to give Jason Benetti and that's a three for Purdue. I got to give Jason Benetti. Well, he's amazing, but also the tandem with him and Dan Dockich, I really enjoy listening to. And Dockich to his credit went in on the refs as early in the second half, the foul started piling up. And in the Ooh. first half, they had let those guys play Corbella with a nice floater from the elbow there. So it's a one point Purdue lead, but yeah, I think, you know, Dan Dockich noticed it. We notice it. This, this product of college basketball in general, it seems like more often than not, these games are becoming two-hour and 15-minute slogs because of the officiating. And something's got to be done just for the entertainment value because when my team's winning, I'm going to enjoy it no matter what, but not as much as I would a game that actually flows. And the reviews, the reviews are killer. They have been for a few years now, but it just seems like I don't know. There's just so many times where I'm going, why does it matter that much? Like, right. Why are we looking, especially towards the end of games, you know, did he step out of bounds? And it's like, we're doing the ultra super zoom. And then we're going to the guy in New York. And it's like, I don't know if he did or didn't. I don't even know if it matters. There's four <laughs> minutes left in the game. Why are we spending 10 minutes on this? Kofi with a nice layup, a good feed there from Trent. So we have a one point Illinois lead with 1240 to go. And a nice run here, it would be, well, yes. okay, so we got, what, a charge on Purdue. So Illinois starting to kind of shore things up a little bit, and also defensively, and <sighs> that was what really got things going in the first half, where there was about a six or seven minute stretch I don't think Purdue scored. They were stuck at nine for a really long time, and that's when Illinois made their first run late in the first half with some turnovers. That's where they took their second 10 nothing run. So hopefully, guys, that was it for Purdue's offensive explosion. Let's hope. Since Corbello came in, you've now outscored Purdue. Of course you have. I, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to start getting quite perturbed. And I, Jeremy wasn't doing this. I know he wasn't. But he, he had tweeted out after I said, you got to start Corbello. He said, this is oh Carb's cause. Uh, feed over oh. to Adam Miller, and it's just missed terribly. And what, he got fouled? He got fouled on it. Oh, he hey. Okay, fouled. well, that's why it was missed terribly. Great. But, you know, he was just pointing out that it, this does seem to be Carp's cause celebre now. And I guess it kind of is. I'm not trying to be funny about it. I truly think, let's not overthink this. Start your best five and let the rest kind of figure itself out. And there's a couple of replies that will get like, come on, man, drop it. All that matters is he gets starters minutes. And I say, no, it, it does matter when in this game, in the first four minutes of each half oh. combined, Adam Miller misses the first free throw. This kid is struggling. My God. Free throws are a legit concern. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. Free throws and turnovers. I think there's been one game, like in this big stretch of games, where I wasn't throwing up over the turn or over the free throws. Here's the second free throw from Miller up. It is good. Okay. So it's a two point Illinois lead. He's got one more to go. But, uh, what what was the score At at the first media timeout in the first half? I think it was nine to four. Nine to four. Yeah. Nine to four. And then you had the first media timeout of this, Purdue had been on a 14 nothing run. So essentially, you're looking at being outscored with that five out there. With that five out there, you're being outscored in this game. I suck with math. 23-4. to four. 
that is a problem. So why are we overthinking? Curbelo should be starting every damn game from now on. And if that's me just beating a dead horse, so be it. I don't understand. It, it started with the John Gross error. Well, it doesn't matter who starts, it matters who finishes. As Curbelo oh. gets the steal and he dunks it, kind of. You spoke it into existence. What are we this doing plus here? Minus is going to look really good when he was literally out for that entire 17 nothing stretch and is now back in. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give an Underwood's defense here. Against a team like Purdue, you would think that could be a get-right game for Adam Miller. Yeah. Right? You would Holy think. Cow. And this is Edie be... with a layup, so it's a three-point Illinois lead. Trevor? No, that was going to be my only devil's advocate. It's just that this is the type of game where I would say, okay, Adam, just go out there and shoot and see what happens, you know? And he made one. And he made two free throws. So he does have five points total. But man, defensively, he's, he's strong. Well, Here's another three. It is up. It is good. Whoa. Hey, okay. hey. Please let me eat my words. Let me eat crow right, tonight. Back on the mailer train. Yep, yep, yep. 50 to one 44. Of I, uh, <laughs> one of the little tiny trinkets I got for Christmas is a button that makes the noise. And I wanted to hit that right there for that one. Well, try it at some point during this game. Do it. Do it when we are not expecting it. Okay, let me see. Where is that? 50 to 44 with Guys, the like to under 12 a, timeout. I'd like to start a petition to get guys above like 7-1 uh, banned from the sport of basketball. Because even though that ED guy is not that good, when you're 7-4, it's just like it doesn't even make it as fun to watch when you can dunk on your tippy toes. So we should have a height cutoff. Since the, since the rim's only 10 feet and guys keep growing, then it just gets less exciting to watch. And that Purdue has these guys. It's like they churn them in and out. So when I saw yeah, it was an, here, it was an early tournament this year, and I forget what what it was. It wasn't Maui or anything, but they played Puerto in, Rico, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if it was in Puerto Rico. It might have been like Wichita or something. But it, that was the first time I saw this Edie kid, and I thought, you got to be kidding me, because before that you had Harns, and you had there. There was not only Harns. There was another guy that started with H A, wasn't there? Two tall Isaac Haas. Haas, and then yeah, Harns. There you go. God, it's endless with that program. But I feel I, bad for somebody who's that tall, by the way. I mean, it feels like your destiny is predetermined to be a basketball player, whether you have any interest in playing basketball or not. I honestly feel like Minute Bull may have been one of the saddest people on the planet. I have <laughs> I have three of his basketball Jeez. I have three of his basketball cards. And he just always as a kid, I got this sense that this guy can't be happy. He just he never looked like he was having fun out there. It looked kind of like you said, Trevor, there was only one thing that he could do at that size. There's not like he couldn't right. become a welder because, I mean, maybe he could. I'm just saying that maybe the dimensions of the things that you use to weld are not pretty good for a seven foot seven guy. He couldn't be a flight attendant, that's for sure. Definitely not. And think how much <laughs> flying, just hit and think how all the mundane stuff that you do throughout a day would grow pretty tiresome, I would think, at that height. I think the, the money height probably for an athlete, they can be like Io, for example. He could go on an airplane. He's not going to be uncomfortable. Kofi, he's going to be uncomfortable on an airplane. So I, I guess if you can make money from your size, that's great. But there are there are pros and cons to it. I would like to know the thought process of Manute Ball naming his son Ball Ball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just well, hey, we love our last name. Let's give it to him as the first name too. I don't. I don't know. Well, there is a guy <laughs> locally some family name to it, but there's a local guy, business guy named Abib Abib. So it's yeah, not without precedent. Cool. You can get someone Super that has nice the same Hey, by the way, during, during this timeout with Illinois leading by six and, and our fortune seemingly turning around, maybe we should call this podcast Boiling Point because of how... Ooh. I mean, just how, like how much vitriol 
we were spewing. I think that people, this could be the best of both worlds. If Illinois wins this game and people still get the cathartic, pissed off nature of the first 20 minutes and then they know it's going to be okay. So they can listen to it and laugh or chuckle maybe as opposed to actually being angry with us. So this could be best case scenario. All right, I'll, I'll do a couple names here. Should I do all five or should I spread them out? What do you think? And Trevor, uh, Trevor, you have a few too, right? Well, I had two, and then I was rudely interrupted by nature calling. So gotcha, uh, I okay. don't have as many as I intended <laughs> to have. Well, let me start with one. Ibby Jim Day. <laughs> he, I remember him. He had one decent game. I think we played a non-conference game. This is Weber's last year. Gonzaga at home. By the way, the game is back underway. Curbelo finds Miller for a three. The three is no good. Georgie with a nice offensive board. I'll get to my Ibby Jim Day memory in just a second here. Curbelo back up top. And he is taking it to the rim. No, he finds Coleman Hawkins for a three. It is good. No, it's good. Good to see Coleman Hawkins getting some tick. And no offense to Grandison, but if energy is what Grandison's going to bring you and Coleman Hawkins can also bring energy, might as well go with the kid. I don't know. That might be oversimplifying things. I think Coleman Hawkins looks smoother on the court, too. So if they're equals... Coleman Hawkins says he just looks like a better basketball player. I don't know. He's well, Grandison he, is also a fourth year transfer, sat out a year, and Coleman's played like one college game. <laughs> so the fact that he's already getting that tick over him, I can only imagine that would grow from this point forward. And Adam I got Miller just almost blocked. He did over a foot taller than him. Sorry. <laughs> no, made him earn it. Made him earn it. That was actually decent defense or help there from Adam Miller. I'm glad that he got a hand on it. And I was thinking about Coleman Hawkins, how he is equally adept as Grandison at standing and running. So he's got that covered. <laughs> And he's got the energy. He made a three, which with Grandison, the whole thing was, man, if he could just knock down the occasional three, man, if Coleman Hawkins at six, he's what, six nine? I would guess. Plenty of arms. Yeah, like at least six eight. That's a tough matchup if he can develop a three. And he strikes me as someone that I could see him turning into a Mike Davis kind of player. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy for Illinois, but I could see that he seems raw enough where that skill set could come. And we got That'd be amazing. Oh, be, yeah. And I, th- I think that's not too lofty. Mike Davis was consistent double digit scorers last two years. So I could see Coleman Hawkins turning into that. Curbelo takes it at the rim. No good. Close, but no cigar. It's an eight point Illinois lead, 53 45. 10 minutes to go. It felt like just two minutes ago we were losing by six. <laughs> yeah. And then guess I, who came in the game and now you're up by eight? Hmm, yeah. Makes you think. Okay. So back to my Ibby Jim Day memory, of which there is one. <laughs> It was Gonzaga at home, Bruce Weber's last year, and it was actually a big non-conference win. And that team for Bruce Weber, they started, I think, like 14-3 and or something. That They beat Ohio State at home behind Brandon Paul's 43 points. They were not like a bubble team early on. They were a surefire NCAA team as we got a foul on Purdue. That was one of those years where you lost. uh, You went to Penn State after that BP 43-point game, and you lost by like seven. Yep. And Penn State rushed the court. And it's one of there's so many of those games with Weber where it's just like, what the hell? Just it feels like you played in like a graveyard in the twilight zone and then you lose by 10. And you're like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was at my sister and brother in law's place watching that Penn State game and just say, saying to my brother in law, I'm so freaking sick and tired of losing at Penn State. And there were many more to come, even though that that's why even this year, being down 19 to four, the first thing I thought of wasn't, oh, I hope we come back. The first thing I thought of was, I'm so sick and tired of losing at Penn State. And that comes a year after we pulled out the upset when they were top 10. Anyway, it'd be Jim Day for one shining moment on a Saturday afternoon against Gonzaga. 
had some decent minutes. <laughs> he was a big guy. He got some rebounds, and I don't think he made an impact ever again. I think that was it, Trevor. That one game against Gonzaga, he was okay. I didn't even know he made an impact ever, but I, I do remember in that game, um, Robert Sacre was the big guy That's for right. Gonzaga. Yeah. And I believe he fouled out. Oh, boy. Like six or seven minutes left. Finish, Trent. Ooh. Finish. All right. Nice, Trent. So there we go. The, the disruptor, and he finishes on the other end. So it's a 10-point Illinois lead. Yeah, this has just been a bizarre half. But yeah, you're right. It was, uh, I think with Jim Day, I'd have to go back and look at his stats and see if there was much of anything to it. He might have just been a, a big dude, and we thought, well, that'll help out when Myers leaves. I actually had a thought that game. No kidding. Well, what if this guy develops? <laughs> and after Myers leaves, you have your center. Because I think Nana at that point would have been just really a freshman. He was a raw freshman. Ibby was raw, but Ibby was a little bit more big boned. So you thought he was going to be the bruiser. I don't know. You've always kind of had some classic names. <laughs> that That's not just a recent thing. I mean, Nana Egwu and Ibby Jimde. Yeah. And it, all your big guys just have unique names. Greg Aboigbedeen. Oh, my God. I forgot about him. That was Underwood's first year, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, Kofi with the ill-advised pass to DeMonte. It's stolen. Purdue going to launch up a three. It is up. It is good. And it's just kind of frustrating. You know, you're up seven. I should be grateful the fact that they aren't up seven like they were. They keep losing Stefanovic, though. I think that's the second or third time this game that Trent's had him, which, I mean, Trent and Shoes are pretty locked down, but he's completely lost him a few times. I'll get to another name here the next time out. Uh, Iowa with the ball. He finds Curbelo taking it to the rim. No, kicks it back out to Trent. Feeds down low to Kofi, getting doubled. Kofi, kick it out or something. Kofi's staying with it. Patience. Nice little hook shot. You know, I will He's say so much better. He has Isaac, and I know that uh, this is not an original thought, but I think Dockage a couple games ago mentioned that patience that he's developed, where he dribbled a couple feet, got some space for himself, and then he took his time. And I, I like the fact that he's yep. the game is seeming to come to Kofi a lot better than it did the first few weeks of the season. I think Sean Harrington said this. I think it was on the yeah on ESPN a few weeks ago. But he was basically saying Kofi just really needs one dominant and maybe another side post move. And you can tell he's really gotten better at the drop step. And then his shooting percentage on that little flick hook shot inside has got to be very high too the past few games. So it's like he's he's just gotten really comfortable doing one or two things and don't complicate it. You're over seven feet tall. All you got to do is get close to the rim and you should be able to make almost everything. So Antigua's um, done a Great job. Sorry, Isaac. No, the one good. remaining area of concern is just if he can't ever hit a free throw, it becomes hack-a-shack. And oh, for five. He's going to double-team him and whack him on the head every play and hope that he misses both. Yeah. But yes, you're right. Oh, for five, though, in his defense, Corbello, 0 oh for one. Coleman Hawkins, 0 oh for one. The guys that are actually making it today, Io with two for two. DeMonte's two for three, but that was the front end of a one and one. Adam Miller made Has two Io for three. Has done anything this half? Not, I, like I, I don't even seen him. I don't think no. so. No. Which I was hoping this would be a game we didn't need him like, to. I'm sorry. No, you're good, Isaac. I was just going to say, do you think their practices are kind of like ours were back in middle school and stuff, where if you miss a bunch of free throws, it's like, all right, everybody get on the line. Monday morning, we're going to puke our guts out because we can't make a free throw. You see, I wonder if think that, Underwood just expects them to get better on their own. Yeah, I think it's almost a mental game where if you start emphasizing it, it could be counterproductive because then they're only yeah. thinking about free throws. I know there was... And it might have even been Weber's last year. That team had a multitude of problems. But 
tail end of the Weber era, there was one team that just could not make their free throws, and it was just a narrative throughout the season. Now, they had bigger issues than that, but I don't, so far, I don't think free throws outside of the Missouri game, arguably, but there were other issues with that, too, have cost you a game directly yet. I hope it doesn't in the Big Ten race. And, and fortunately for you, Purdue is just not all that good. So you could withstand a 19 a run and not making your free throws and still find yourself up nine with seven and a half to go. Um, okay, here's another name. And I got a lot of mine from the tail end of the Weber era. Devin Lankford. Do you guys remember hmm. Devin Lankford? Devin Lankford? Six foot I seven, I think out of Georgia. He was a tweener athletic wing and we thought well he's raw but you know he was a late he was a late add to that class along with Ibby Jim Day I had Are high hopes sure for this him. person exists yeah Devin Lankford he was on the team for a couple of years and then transferred out this was like this was the peak of my fanaticism where I was like I studied the roster for God's sake I do not remember this guy now here's one you may remember Austin Colbert yeah. oh yeah yeah I had high hopes for him uh, Mike Henry was, was he another one. Was he the one or was it Cosby that like got their eye poked and they literally had like a lacerated um, whatever the hmm, thing is. That was Cosby. Cosby, yep. Cosby with his screw, he like had, his corkscrew uh, shooting motion. It was bizarre. <laughs> yep, before he got in legal trouble. Good times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Col- Col- is it Colbert or Colbert? Colbert. It's, it was Austin Colbert. Colbert. Yep, was that's right. thinking Stephen Colbert. Colbert had a dunk against Auburn in a game. Oh, you played yeah, at yeah. Auburn, like the most random game ever. It wasn't a challenge game or anything. And he had like this massive, like one-handed hammer and everybody thought, oh, Austin Colbert, he's going to be the next great big guy. Darius Paul. We don't need to go down that. He again. was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> he was on my list. And I got one more and I'm interested, Trevor, this name's on your list. By the, the game is back underway. We got 7.15 to go. Missed front end of the one and one there. Alley-oop from Io to Kofi. Beautiful. 59 to 48. Okay, here's one more. I honestly forgot he existed. Crandall Head. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked up what I he did Crandall. and he didn't ever, he went to SMU and he was pretty highly touted. I don't know about a four. He might have been a four-star guy. And obviously, he was Luther's brother. And I about said son. That would have been pretty crazy. Luther would have had him when he's six. Um, but he is someone that we were all pumped about. And then he transferred out maybe after Weber left. I'm not sure. He went to SMU. I looked up his stats. He never really amounted to anything out there, which is too bad. He, he was a big get because he was kind of like... Um when DeMonte committed, he was a four-star, and obviously he was sort of a legacy guy from Frank. And the same thing with Crandall, where you're like, I think he was a four-star, and you were like, okay, here comes the next in the line of heads. Yeah, but, absolutely. I, I think he might have had... <laughs> I think he might have had a dunk for Illinois at some point. Okay, so a Illinois doesn't close... You know, it's just... It's frustrating. Gosh. They don't close out on the free throw to get the rebound, and then oh, Purdue makes on. a three. A just lot of times stupid. with this team, it just feels like we get up and we feel confident and it's like we feel like we don't have to try well trevor because let's, we know we're good yeah but i don't know no well trevor the ball we, should be dead after you airball a free throw there should be no way that you get rewarded for airballing a free throw was that an airball yeah okay it was all right well then yeah you're nobody right, then boxed out oh actually did it hit the front of the rim <sighs> but still go get it you know what that reminds me of yeah, before I the agree. bears packers game tomorrow 
is that they, there was an article the day about the 2013 Bears-Packers game, which the Bears had in the bag. And then there were two plays late. There was one, of course, where Chris Conti can't – he falls over himself. That happened a lot. But there was another one where the Packers got a touchdown. They fumbled it, and the ball was just chilling on the turf. And the Bears' defense yeah. didn't go after it. And then the Packers recovered it and walked it in the end zone. So just go get the rebound. Here's Kofi. Will he make a sixth? He does not. 0 for 6 from the line. That's bad. Okay, I'm getting pissed off again because this game should be over. All right, we're going to call this boiling weird, point. Is that fine? Uh, I think it's the another weird thing because last year, as the year progressed, I mean, obviously you remember that Michigan State game. He hits two of the clutchest free throws anybody could make. Yeah. And so it's another one of those things where it's like, why has he somehow regressed in that field? Hey, by the way, we don't need to relive I, that, but I, I was curious. Did he tie it up with those free throws? Was that what? Was I that the no, situation? He, he put, he put, he put, you were down oh, uh, right. seventy to sixty-nine. Oh my god! So he made right. the yep. first one to tie it at seventy. Then you went up seventy-one seventy, and then Allen inexplicably chased after the ball and didn't box out his guy Tillman, who put the dunk back, and then Iowa slipped. My God, Adam Miller uh, draws the foul. So not a bad little move there from him. He'll go to the line. Hopefully, he knocks down both of these. I will say, for whatever it's worth, and this is total eye test stuff. He has hit a couple threes tonight. He's had some bad moments defensively. I still don't think he should be starting. But he is playing a little more confident in the second half. For what little that may be. He does keep shooting. I'll give him that. He isn't one of those guys that sort of like sinks into a hole when he starts missing. I remember after the first game when we talked about him going pro. and We didn't, but I just remember on Twitter as he misses the first free throw. Make a damn free throw. I'm not talking directing this at him so much as I am just the team. Make a free throw. It would be interesting to see what our shooting, our free throw percentages, if you take Kofi away. I'm sure it's not nearly as bad. But it's still about 66%. And that's yeah. not good enough. Adam makes a second. Yeah, you know, you can get away with it in a game like this. But it's just, yeah, I will yeah. say, I don't know about turnovers if they have been the bugaboo. I'll have to check that number. Mm. I don't think turnovers really led to Purdue's run. I think it was more just You're the half percent. Sorry, Carp. You're 35% from the free oh throw line. Oh, my God. I, this is going to be one of those games where you're going to win by four or five, and you're just going to be like, "All right, like I'm yeah. not loving what I, like there's a ton of problems I just saw, but I won, so how can I be upset about it?" Okay, Illinois has the ball back, a missed, badly missed shot from Purdue, so it's a seven point lead with five fifteen to go. Crabello up top, almost loses the handle, but he keeps it. He's going to, that just got too cute there. Should have kicked it back out. Lost himself while he was midair. So Purdue with the ball, 5.05 to go. They're trailing by seven, and that's a moving screen. Definitely. This will go back to Illinois. Okay, so, yeah, but you're right, Trevor. We aren't going to end this game feeling great. You know, I think it's just one of those games. It's sort where, of an empty feeling, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right, because it's with Northwestern coming up, and that, that game is a sneaky ways away. Next Thursday night, that's five more days off. And I don't think that's a bad thing. If we would have played really well tonight, I wish that Northwestern game would have been Tuesday. You know, keep, keep the mojo rolling. Don't take too much time off. This team has things they got to figure out. And you know what my number one thing on that item list is. But they have other things to do as well. Maybe, Isaac, they should do the old school. All right, you've sucked at free throws. Let's run some suicides until you puke. And we just throw it away? What the hell was that? I, w- I would definitely be okay with that. 446 I... to go. As Brad just well, and and listen, that's fine. It's the back to the free throw thing. I mean, 
I'm just going to say no, that's. I'm just no. You're good. This is the problem with Zoom. But I was just going to say that's fine. That Underwood's exasperated, but I mean, eventually, you know, figured. I don't know. You're you're the one making three and a half million. Yeah, I like, mean, figure that's it his out. Job. That's your job. I'm exasperated too, but I have no say in this. Here's a take by Purdue. They don't make it. We're fortunate. Purdue kind of sucks. Sorry, Isaac. I kind of interrupted. Oh wait, Demonte three. No. Ah, oh, damn. That's always like a big. I was just going to say you've kind of. You haven't solved things at all, but you're you're up seven, and Iowa hasn't scored in the second half. So I don't know if I should feel good or bad about that. Easy um, take by Travion Williams. So it's a five point game, and we're going to have a a close one in the under four timeout. Now all these possessions are big. I did not expect at halftime that you get down to the tail end of this game where every possession meant something. But here we are, Andre Crabello, twenty seconds left on the shot clock. Trent Frazier, outside of the arc. No one down in the paint right here. Kofi's going down there. Here's Corbello with the take. It is up wow. and good. Wow. Up and under. That's a pretty nice move there how from Corbello. He's smooth. Seven-point lead for Illinois. I wonder how many turnovers he has. I'm going to look that up because I know there's been a few mistakes on his part today, but still, he you does know, so much. Aren't we leading the Big Ten in scoring? Offensive or efficiency. Points per, yeah, because we also have the most turnovers, which is kind of hilarious. Okay, Travion Williams... Misses it. So Illinois gets the board. That's a big miss because he probably should have made that. He had an up and under layup as well. Kofi with the rebound. Andre Curbelo up top. We got 20 on the shot clock. 310 to go in the game. Both teams in the double bonus. And I got to think if I'm Purdue, I start hacking like next possession. Here's Curbelo with the alley-oop. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. I mean, it's pretty plain and simple. Not to beat a dead horse, but literally... When things get bad, Curbelo has been your playmaker, and great players make big plays in big games. So even Iowa hasn't stepped up this half. It's been your freshman top 50 recruit. Let's check Curbelo's stats on the night. So Curbelo has eight points, six assists. He has three tur- three turnovers. I, I don't have the plus minus on this app, but I know it was plus 15. It's going to be damn good because he's got out that entire 17 nothing yeah. stretch. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think we need to get cute about this i think it's plain as day and i don't think you really hurt adam miller if anything at this point let him just try being the guy off the bench that shoots some threes let let him try to conjure up the energy himself like we see that curbelo has such an impact off the bench that is true but maybe adam miller by playing a role this year he'll find something because right now even i'm seeing even as i'm seeing more confidence in the second half you know I feel like he just could take some pressure off the kid and let him hey, you just know, play. You know who that Adam Miller situation makes me think of? A lot of people forget, and I know this is a far-off comparison probably, Devin Booker was actually a six-man at Kentucky, and that's what he would do. Like, if they would go down, he would come in and he'd make nine points because he'd hit three, three threes in a row. And if Adam could just come in a few games and – knock down some threes off the bench, that could easily propel you if he gets hot. But right now, even defensively and things, Corbell is just too much of a playmaker, honestly, to leave him on the bench. That's what it that's what it comes down to. He turns the ball over sometimes, but you need guys that are going to make plays when stuff isn't working. And he not only does he score on his own, but he creates points for other people. He makes passes and makes openings that other people just won't see. Yeah, and to that point, I was thinking about last year, and I don't recall, and this may just be 
you know, hindsight, but I don't recall slow starts being a problem for last year's team like it has been for this one. And here's one key reason why I think Andres Feliz is in the starting five last year. He's essentially running point for you and he's finding other guys. He's creating things for himself. And you were replacing Feliz in the starting lineup with Adam Miller. And that's a square peg round hole kind of thing where now you're asking yep. Trent to be a primary ball handler. Trent doesn't really create for anybody. It, that's just not one of his skills. He's great defensively. Why not take the onus off of him too and let Andre Curbelo get everybody into it? Because here's the thing. When he's the one running point, DeMonte is getting the open looks. Trent will start getting open looks. Kofi is getting easy dunks. You start that early in a game, there's no reason that you can't get these guys like a Kofi who is very much a rhythm kind of player. If he gets into a good rhythm, he's going to have a great game. If he doesn't, it can be more of a slog. I, I don't see why this this shouldn't be a debate beyond Thursday. We should see Thursday night, 30, min, 30 minutes before the game. Here's our start, starting five, and Corbello is one of the names. It, it, that I just think it's simple, but that's my dead horse. I think that's man. a good point, Carp, in terms of the Felice cop, because when Andres was inserted into the starting lineup last year, I don't remember exactly when in conference play, the move was made, or maybe it was even earlier, to when you had that three-guard lineup with Io, Trent, and Felice all starting. But uh, Adam is not Felice, whereas Curbelo very much is and might even become a better version of him, and he's only a freshman. And so I, I, I agree in your in your assessment that it was sort of a square peg, round hole situation, and everybody's offensive game just opens up when Curbelo's in there. And instead of trying to force something, uh, it just seems like it's the, the, the right thing to do. 64-55, 250 to go. Purdue with the ball. Both teams in double bonus. Trent with some good on the ball D up top against Stefanovic. We have a pick up top. Io's guy gets into the lane but misses the layup. So we have a nine-point Illinois lead with 240 to go. And they can put this game on ice with another bucket here. And double bonus, too, that helps. Just don't. This is one of those situations where hopefully Kofi is not the one that gets fouled. But Corbello. Milking the clock, 2.30 to go, 15 on the shot clock. And let's see, Kofi coming up for the pick to the right. Curbelo looking down low. He's trying to take it. He finds Trent up top. Trent, shot fake over to DeMonte, back up to Curbelo. He's got to shoot it. He's going to take a floater from 18 feet. It is an air ball. Well, hey, you got 30 seconds off the clock. I was just going to say, you wasted 30 seconds, so it's not nothing. Those are... Ohio scored? No, not this half. I don't think so. Wow. He had 12 and a half, I'm pretty sure. It's not good for his I mean, uh, as average. As much as this is a don't just completely kill the clock because it won't work thing, I mean, if you do the math, there's two minutes left in the game, and if you kill 30 <laughs> seconds a few times, I don't even see a feasible way for Purdue to come back. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, wait, oh, boy, sorry. It's a little bit of a scrum here. Stefanovic at the long three. It is up. Oh, my God, in and out. Uh, at about I was about to say, you've got to be kidding me if that thing went in. Okay, nine-point Illinois lead, 140 to go. If I'm Purdue, I mean, you're down nine. It's difficult to just give the opposing team a couple easy points at the line, but the way Illinois is shooting it, why not extend this game? Here's Io, 130 to go. Ten seconds left. DeMonte finds Kofi down low. Here's the double. Kick it, Kofi. Over to Trent. Trent with the three. It is up. It is in and out. Well, he got a good shot. 120 to go. Purdue with the ball. They're just going to start checking up threes here. No, take to the rim. It is no good. Corbello would foul. foul him. Yeah, kind of frustrating. Personally, when you're up somewhere between like 7 to 12 points late in the game, I hate it. Hate, hate, hate it when you start fouling guys with their takes to the rim because it's like, just give them the two. 
you know, then it becomes 64-57 and you've got another 30 seconds to kill. And instead, and luckily it didn't happen because he didn't make the shot, but instead you're risking these and ones where you are greatly improving produced chances to come back because you're slashing, you know, in thirds the possessions they need to come back if you give up and ones. All right, here's the first free throw. What's this kid's name, the number 11? Is that Hunter? Thompson? Is it Thompson? Thompson? I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, I got to be honest. I don't I, care. I don't either. Like the same thing with Purdue or the Penn State game. The guy that got up in uh, maybe number two and he got up in Corbello's face and then Io got up in his face. And I, I didn't even bother to look up his name. It's just, what's the point? They don't bother to put names on their jerseys. Why am I even going to try? Okay. So now Purdue, they have names on their jerseys. So that is Thompson. He makes both. It's a seven point game. They're going to start fouling now, right? If they don't get a turnover in the first 10 seconds, start fouling, stretch this game out. So here's your lineup. Kofi is still out there. Illinois doing that little passing along the baseline. Io finds Miller. Miller gets fouled. So we're going to get this game extended quite a bit. I wonder what the over is on this because with a lot of free throws, it might hit. But we wouldn't know because yeah, you can't bet on it. Yeah, this is right around the, the projected. I think the projected score was like 68-60 or something. So we're kind of, if you bet the over, you're probably sweating right now. And you know what? 68 to 60 in some ways feels better than others. And this is going to be the 68 to 60 where you're like, huh, okay. You know, you talked about this, Trevor, how the the feeling after the game is going to be conflicting. You know, just what what was that? Well, and look, I mean, I will take the conflicting. Go ahead, Trevor. Sorry. I will take the conflicting eight-point wins because, I mean, last year it felt like every single game was a game-winning shot at the buzzer, right, which was fun. But, I mean, if we're going to take that and improve it to nine-point wins where you kind of shrug, it's fine with me. I mean, I'll take it. But it still feels like we're planting the seeds here. You know, Carp, to go back to your seedlings of swagger, (laughs) you know, we're planting the seeds here for there to be a problem in a Mm -hmm. big game, right? Like Sweet 16, I'm just, you know, I'm just hypothesizing. Sweet 16 Late in the game, you got free throws, and then you're going to go, oh, this has been the bugaboo, and then you lose on the free throws, and you say, that's been the problem all year. And so you just want to see those things get um, fleshed out before you get to that point in the season. Hey, we got a clock review, guys. We got to check the clock, of course. I was just going to say, like, is this really going to matter at the end of the game? I get um, why they do it, but it's just it's it's just another thing. And this is, listen, first of all, problem my God, a basketball game going a little bit over two hours. But it's just, ugh, end. But see, this is end one of those where they say the entire game matters, right? But in the first half, the refs would no sooner let 10 extra seconds run off the clock, and they aren't even going to care. Yeah. And then with a minute left, they spend five minutes correcting it from 112 to 110. Listen, just, you, it's a, you pay someone part-time wages, this is what you get, right? I mean, the college officials, yeah. they all got their day jobs, and this is something for a little extra cash. And I know that they, well, wait, I thought so they couldn't afford it. Of course, college basketball and college football could afford full-time refs. Of course they could. It sounds like a cruddy existence. I mean, to be honest, yeah. with you, these guys are like, wasn't it, it was either Hightower or Valentine was like a math teacher or something. And then he's like being flown. Literally, they, they ref games every single day mm-hmm. for weeks on end. And especially with COVID, I mean, these guys are up there in age. I mean, it doesn't sound like fun. No, no, it's a slog, I bet. 64-57, Miller at the line. He's going to have two here. First one is up. And of course, it's no good. And I'm not, I want to be careful here. I'm not targeting Miller. This is a team problem with free throws. 
But <laughs> just these, uh, I got, there's no analysis there. It's just, it is what it is. Here's the second free throw. It is up. It touched Ooh. every bit of the rim and it went in, but it went in. Eight point Illinois <laughs> lead, 65 57. DeMonte yeah. back out there, coming in for Miller for defensive purposes. 112 to go. Purdue going to hurry up here. So we have Thompson up top. He's looking for Stefanovic. Stefanovic gets some dude on the pick. Don't know his name either. Over to Travion Williams. Back to that dude, number two. Long three. It is up. It is no good. Rebound, DeMonte. And Purdue, are they calling off the dogs? No, they are not. They're coming for the foul. Andre Cabello is the one that's going to get fouled. Unless he passes it, he does. Down to DeMonte. DeMonte gets fouled. 46.7 to go. He'll go to the line. I'm going to make a bet, guys. A friendly wager. DeMonte's going to hit both. We're due, as Harry Black often says. We are due. Sneaky, kind of like how I always has a sneaky 20 and 10. Uh, Georgie has a sneaky zero points. And has he even played really the second half? Not a whole lot. Maybe about four minutes in this half. And DeMonte makes the first. He has, I think, three rebounds and two assists. He has three fouls. Okay. So a non-factor today. But he's been playing better recently. Much so better, So it's just yeah. kind of surprising. Okay, here's the second one. Is he going to make it, guys? What do you think? No. No. You're right. He didn't. I checked my <laughs> score app for that. 66-57. Unbelievable. You're going to win by a somewhat comfortable-looking margin, despite the Holy fact that you can uh, Curbelo, just you're a freshman, but learn your lesson. Don't foul. Give him, like, five feet Good of space. God. Yeah, just... So Purdue goes the line. We drag this stupid game out. Yeah, we're going to call... Like, here's the thing. We we will likely win. Go to 4-1. and one. That's the best start that Illinois basketball's had in a long time. People could say, Carp, why are you in such a surly mood? I'm not surly so much as it's it's just pull your hair out exasperation that I'm waiting and waiting for a 40-minute game against a crap opponent, and you don't get many crap opponents in the Big Ten. Now, the counter to that could be that this Illinois team does the whole play to their competition's level, and that wouldn't surprise me if when you get Iowa here at the State Farm Center, it's just going to be a great game, and you're going to play one of your best games of the year. That would not at all surprise me, but I, I just... I'm greedy, okay? I'm greedy. I want smoother things to happen. This is a missed free throw, and DeMonte gets the ball taken away from him. Purdue with the ball, 34 seconds to go. Thompson, little guy, he is trying to take it to Curbelo. Trent, great defense. He gets it loose, and he is dribbling. No foul yet, 24 seconds. I don't think they're going to foul. And now they do. No, they don't call it. Wow, Miller. Through the baseline, back up to Curbelo. They are not going to foul. It looks like this game is going to end at 66-58 as someone with Illinois minus 8.5. They are screaming at the TV right now. But it's going to stand as an 8-point win. Hey, that's great defense there by Trent on that missed shot. I mean, if he had made that three, now you're talking about a 5-point game and they're going to play the foul game again. So good defense there. You know what? I will find a silver lining in this, guys. Illinois wins 66-58. Well, the obvious, that's first. You are 4-1 and one in the Big Ten. That's pretty good. And you are holding serve at home. And not every game is going to be pretty. I get that. Oh, Josh Whitman greeting everybody, shaking hands, <laughs> being the good AD. But here is one way this may bode well, is that you had this kind of ugly win before you play Northwestern, which I would hope means that this team's not going to take the next five days for granted 
and that they realize that they're playing whatever happens to Northwestern tomorrow against Michigan, that you're playing a pretty decent Northwestern team that very well could beat you next Thursday. So maybe a little bit of humble pie, Trevor, is not a bad thing before that game. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's bad to think that after a week off, if you had, say, cruised to victory, you would almost treat it as they've had like 13 or 14 days off going into that Northwestern game, which would make you skittish. I'm, I still happen to be skittish about that game for some reason. I just oh, yeah, don't love whatever is going on there. <laughs> I, I don't trust it. We've always been close with Northwestern, even when they're bad. And so I just don't love the matchup there. Um, so we'll see. I'd be interested to see what the line on that game is. I bet Illinois, like, you know, Illinois minus, minus two and a half. I was going to say three, something along those lines. Um, this is exactly what we thought it was going to be. I will say that the one thing I'm probably taking for granted, and Carp, you hit on it there, was, I mean, Purdue went on a 19 nothing run in this game. <laughs> and within five minutes of that run, we were right back to up eight and not really concerned for the rest of the game. So I will give credit to them for that um, because it, it certainly could have gone a different direction after that run whereas they were able to stem the tide when a certain someone re-entered the ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, you're right. I'm with you. Uh, Isaac, do you remember last year at Northwestern, who was the MVP for Illinois? Alan Griffin. He had 24. Unbelievable. I think he had about six threes. Yeah. The Alan Griffin Show was the name of that podcast, and I do miss his shooting ability, and I miss his energy and his rebounding. I think that Crabello kind of brings that energy, so that would be an argument, I guess, for, oh, he's the guy off the bench. Even though I would have argued last year that I think Alan Griffin should have got a look at start, but, you know, hey, listen, that's neither here nor there. I, I, I do think that as the season progresses, we know that this team has a really high ceiling. Are they going to get there? I don't know. But for this eight-game stretch, they are so far 3-0 and in this eight-game stretch. They got a big opportunity against Northwestern. I think after that, let's see what the other games are here. Is it Nebraska? After that, there's yeah. really no reason why you shouldn't. I mean, we've already talked about this, but this month of January should not be something where we are stressed out and upset more than once. Here we go at Northwestern next Thursday and then Sunday. So three days later, Maryland at home and then at Nebraska on Wednesday, the 13th and then Ohio State at home Saturday, the 16th. That'll be a tough game. Really good Ohio State team. Penn State on the 20th. At Michigan State on the 23rd. And, you know, the funny thing is, I'm kind of lumping in that Michigan State game with this winnable stretch. I know it's on the road. They are a mess. So it's like we could sit here and say, well, it's Izzo. They're always going to figure it out. But this this Michigan State team has given no indication that they will. So until they do, then it's Iowa at Indiana, almost, Wisconsin, and at Michigan. That's the stretch. Go ahead, Isaac. I would almost flip the Ohio State at, at- Sorry, at this moment, I would yeah. almost flip the Ohio State and Michigan State games as if you lose the Ohio State game, I'm not as mad because they are, they're just a better team right now, I think. Um, and EJ Liddell probably dropped 25 against you. So um, if, you, if you lose one of those two, I'll be fine. If EJ Liddell were on this Illinois team, I would guarantee a Big Ten title. Like that... As you should. I yeah. mean, he's probably the second or best guy at the one position of need that you have. <laughs> so, Is this the ghost of Mark Smith, basically? Wasn't that the whole deal where he probably planted a bug in E.J. Liddell's ear, and then that led to him committing elsewhere? Yeah. That just makes the rumor me rumor was that, And I think the statute of limitations is up on this, so I don't okay. really care. But the rumor was that 
that Mark Smith told EJ that he shouldn't come here. He's going to get roasted, not roasted, but you know what I mean? He's going to get chewed out on the daily and sent to the treadmill and this, that, and the other thing. And then I guess Underwood got wind of that and wrote EJ a letter. That's what I heard was Hmm. he like penned him like a handwritten letter describing exactly how much they needed him and how, how he'd appreciate him and how Mark Smith was just like an odd one off situation, blah, blah, blah. And I guess EJ didn't go for the, for the letter. Hmm. Well, you know, it's funny when you said roasted, I somehow imagine Brad Underwood throwing yo mama jokes out of practice or something like that. And I was like, well, no wonder he wouldn't come if he was making yo mama jokes. All right, guys. Well, Hey, at the end of the day, that was a fun podcast. I enjoy the cathartic nature. Hey, wait, they I won. need to give my names. Oh yeah. What are your two names? You Ooh. said one of them was Darius Paul, well, right? One of them I had Darius Paul. Okay. And then secondly, I had both of the mics, one with an I, one with a mm-hmm. Y. You had Mike Henry with a Y and then you had Mike Shaw, the lesser. Oh Mike. my God. Do you remember a game at Wisconsin where Mike Shaw might have had five rebounds and the message boards flipped out that this guy is like the next bruiser down low for Illinois? <laughs> was it Wisconsin? I thought it was Northwestern, but maybe that was a Mike Henry game. Now, the Mike Henry, that was my that was my wild card pick. I love the fact that he was, what, 6'6". He had really good offensive skill set coming out of high school, and then that just didn't amount to anything. His measurables were great, to your point. I mean, he was like a lanky athletic three who was 6'6 and could make threes. But And they, he went to DePaul? Did he go to DePaul after Illinois? I think. Um, maybe. And then didn't have much of a... I mean, that's the thing. These other guys, like DJ Williams, that was a name that I threw out in our text thread about someone that we were pumped about. Chicago Simeon, four-star kid, committed pretty early, part of the same class with... That was a good class for Gross at the time. And I'm forgetting another name that was in that. This is beyond Kendrick and Malcolm Hill. This would have been, oh my gosh, why am I struggling so much for who was in DJ Williams' class? Can you guys remember? Um, uh, is this the Tijon class? I think it's the oh, 2013 yeah. class. I think it was oh. before Tijon, but I can't say for certain. Actually, it would have been the 2014. Oh God, what would it have been? I think the 2014 class is when DJ Williams... So Illinois recruiting class of 2014. As you're looking that up, Trevor, are you looking it up or no? Yeah. Okay, as you're looking that up, I'll hit the sponsors one last time. DPDO online at dpdo.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 Calzone, $6 premium and construction zones. And best of all, as the snow is about to fall again, well, I shouldn't say again, but it's been really nasty weather. Stay indoors, stay warm. They'll bring a popping hot calzone right to you anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. DPDO.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at DPDO.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Isaac got his lucky shirt. I got a few choices for a lucky shirt as well from fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For all your insurance needs, Trevor's favorite domain name, brianismyguy.com. All right, before we go, did we find that 2014 class? Well, in 2014, it was more of the transfer class that got you excited than the class itself. You got Laron Black, who was a three or a four-star, depending on where where you looked at him out of Tennessee. But that was the year that you got Ahmad Starks, Aaron Cosby, and Ravante Rice, who came back to Champaign. So I think that was sort of your excitement about that class. Okay. I don't see anybody. I don't see Mike Henry, though. He would have been the Weber so, era. Mike Henry came in about 2011, I think. Okay. Yeah. And then 2013 was Maverick Morgan, Jalen Tate, Malcolm Hill, Kendrick Nunn. Jalen Tate. That was Tate. your class in 2013. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Let me go to 2015. Maybe it is 2015. In 15, your class was 
Aaron Jordan, DJ Williams, uh, Jalen Coleman Lance. He was a four star. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, hmm. and Mike Finke, who was a four star. Wow. You know, there were some decent so guys. That was actually a pretty solid class. Yeah, right. I mean, in terms of rankings, I don't think Gross ever struggled in recruiting rankings. He was usually top 25, but never panned out. Oh, well, we don't need to go back to the Gross era too much. I, that game my, was uh, my gross final enough. My was just uh, Sam Maniscalco for yes, you. Yes, Sammy Ice. Really good until he got hurt that year, and then he struggled. But he was he helped you win a lot of those early non-conference games, including one, I think it took all that Illinois had to beat Bradley, which should have been an indication where that season was going. But, wow, okay. Well, on that note, guys, we brought some names from the past, some uglier Illinois seasons. I don't think this season is going to be ugly by any means, but tonight was an ugly win, and one that, as you listen back to, you're going to hear – some moments of frustration. I think that's okay. It's okay to have high expectations for this team. But uh, Isaac, Trevor, we're going to see you guys Thursday night, and I can guarantee we're going to be frustrated watching that game because it's Northwestern, and it's not going to be a blowout. We know that much, right? Oh, there's no doubt. I'm probably going to throw something. (laughs) (laughs) I need to find something that is okay to break and won't won't be loud and scare the dog. That's the key. What a more... It's hard to think of... A more annoying name than Miller Cop. I don't know. There's all these guys, these guys in the Big Ten that are just annoying. Boo like Paul. Yeah, Bo I Bowie like that name too, though. He reminds me of Dwayne Dwayne. That name reminds me of Dwayne <laughs> Dwayne from back in the day. That's another guy. Another guy with the same name twice. Dwayne Dwayne. Bull Bull. A beep a beep. Bull Bull. Boy Boy. Like the boy out in the ocean. Um, <laughs> But yeah, well, it'll be it'll be close, but we'll see. We'll pull it out. I think so too. I, I think ultimately we will because the Northwestern team, while they're playing pretty good basketball right now, I got to think we're looking at an IO game. That's my prediction. We're looking at one of those good old fashioned IO thirty pointers, take it over late, and leading to a five and one start in the Big Ten. But you're four and one. We'll take it despite the ugly nature of tonight's win, guys. We will see you Thursday. Thanks for joining us as always. Adios. That's Trevor Belise and Isaac Ambrose helping out here on the 200 level. Great stuff as always. Appreciate them and appreciate you listening. Before we go, got our sponsors, of course, DP Doe, Fourth and Kirby, and State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, our partners at Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. And hey, we got new music, as you heard of the intro, and you're about to hear the outro from Decadence. Champagne's hottest rock band. Well, not really, but they're my band, and we're just, we decided to switch up the music a little bit. Wasted Time is the intro. Out of your head, the outro. You can find all Decadence music wherever you listen to music. Apple Music, Spotify, you name it. That's Decadence, and the album is Fever Dreams. All right, we're going to get out of here. I'll do a midweek podcast probably Tuesday before that Thursday game against Northwestern. A big opportunity to get a road win and continue this nice, winnable stretch of games. Tonight might have been ugly. I know you heard how pissed off we got early, but I hope that's entertaining for you. And certainly more entertaining to hear that after a win than a loss. All right. Have a good rest of your weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy the snow if that's your kind of thing. We'll see you on Tuesday. And until then, take care. It is the 200 level. 